0: Hey loves, this is Kate, the Creative Director of Loam, and I hope you and your loved ones are staying healthy and finding time for wonder during these difficult days. We are living through such a strange and surreal era, and I'm holding each one of you in my heart. As we navigate the current pandemic, coming back home to our bodies through craft is a beautiful tool for grounding. This is why I resonate so much with the work of our guest today, Sasha Dewar. She is an artist and designer whose work with plant-based palettes, natural dyes, and place-based recipes is truly an inspiration for reverent and reciprocal living. Sasha is an adjunct professor at the California College of the Arts with a joint appointment in Textiles and Fine Arts, where she designs curriculum and teaches courses in the intersections of natural color, slow food, slow fashion, and social practice. Her work has been shown in galleries, museums, across the United States and abroad. In 2007, Sasha founded Permacouture Institute to encourage the exploration of regenerative design practices for fashion and textiles. Her extensive work with plant-based palettes and ecological principles through local land-based sources and community has been featured in the New York Times, American Craft Magazine, Selvage, and the Huffington Post. She is the author of the Handbook of Natural Plant Dyes, Natural Color, and the recent released Natural Palettes. Sasha, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Kate. I'm really happy to be here and to be able to have this conversation with you. And I really just feel very grateful.
0: Me too. And I'm glad we could make it work with our time zone. So that alone (laughs) is a huge... Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. So Natural Palettes, first of all, it's just a stunning book but it really inspires readers to understand how plants can be used holistically. Paging through this book, the colors are so evocative and vibrant. And to me, they tell a story of relationship, of what it means to connect to plants and to see plants in this whole new light. So can you share some about the genesis for this book and particularly how coming back to this color guide as a war has nourished your own creative process?
1: Absolutely. For me, I mean, I think what you were just saying about the plants, that's really a core, it's a core, um, just a center for me, I would say, in my practice and also working with natural colors, because there's so many different ways to feel connected and also to just kind of start to create like a process for storytelling and also Yeah, I would say just different ways of understanding holistically, like a landscape, or the leftovers of your dinner, or the weeds in your own backyard, and to start to see like how many different levels of stories that those plants have, um, and can share in a very visual way.
0: Can you walk us through the layers of story for a plant in particular that you connected with as you were writing this book? Uh,
1: Absolutely. <laughs> it's always good for me to choose because I have so many, they're, they're like children to me. So how do you choose? Um, But yeah, I mean, I would say like this book really was a labor of love Um, on a number of levels. It's a book that I'd wanted to write and create for about 20 years, ever since I was working on my MFA, like back in, early 2000s and it was really because the ingredients and the tour of creating colors this way have so much participatory aspects of getting to know a plant like whether it's you know recognizing that even like a peel or a seed can have potential for making a beautiful palette or, you know, being able to forage and having that sensory experience of being in the woods and, you know, collecting birch bark off the ground. Um, There's just so many different ways that you do feel like you can go to the origin uh, or understand maybe something that is overlooked within a plant or, you know, within the day to day, even like a bouquet of flowers that is beginning to wilt and, you know, being able to translate those into a rainbow of hues is just like, um, yeah, it's a wonder. So I would say like doing the, creating this book because there were so many plants involved. And in fact, like, as I was saying, it was a labor of love. I had to work with over 500 different versions of each of them and, you know, um, and many of these images I just shot in my backyard or in process. And so I got to kind of fall in love with each one of them. Um, I would say maybe one plant that I'm just going to pick up the book and like flip through (laughs) and just pick one out just to talk about. Um, But yeah, I mean, I guess for me, it's like one of the plants that I talk about in a way of first falling in love with natural color was, you know, creating it, even as a young child, um, but working with balsam branches and spruce cones, and, you know, that smell that even in the dye bath, like, you're getting a whole experience. And it's like, Almost color soothing for the soul as you're creating these palettes. But, you know, it's also a very sensory experience. And so for me, one of the palettes that I have in here is called Forest Bathing. And it was really like a reference to coastal Maine, which is where I grew up as a very small, young child. Um, And so being able to recreate some of these smells, like in my dye bath, was really a process of, you know, reconnecting and kind of. Deepening, like, I guess, the senses and feeling um, color kind of through and through in that respect.
0: I, yeah, I loved the forest bathing too. That one really connected with me. And one of the things that I especially love, actually, about all of your books, um, but this one, given that just the emphasis on color, was how it really inspired me to re see my, my everyday which feels especially so important right now when we're kind of all just in our homes, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and adventure is taking on a different texture and a different manifestation. And I felt like this book was an invitation into a new kind of adventure where where I can work with what's already around me and be invited into a really reciprocal and respectful relationship of listening and learning from plants. And yeah, I felt like it, It really inspired me to take an adventure in my own container garden (laughs) on on my apartment balcony. I was like, "This is awesome! This is what I needed in this moment." (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: it's funny because recently a friend of mine who she wrote the most beautiful review for this book, but she was like, "It's really not like a book. It's more like a." place (laughs) or it's not a she said also too it's not like a how-to but it's more of a why-to and that's is really you know that's makes me really happy that you are having these little adventures in your everyday (laughs) because of it um but yeah i mean i would say like that that was a strong component of this book and you know something that i really love about plant-based color is that you can use the weeds and you can use the waste and you can think about, um, you know, a whole plant, even the part that you might be using in a different way for something else that the stem or, you know, the branches, like, you know, in a palette I have called orchard pruning, it's just even the prunings of all your fruit trees that allow your trees to be more productive and at the same time can give you super beautiful hues to create with. Yeah, that there's just, like, there is, like, an inherent sense of wonder and just, you know, knowing even something like a banana peel can make beautiful, like, deep, dark grays and blacks. And, you know, there's there's a lot of resourcefulness in that. And I think in some ways, even the limits of just being like, what do I have? what plants are around me that those limits can build so much creativity and just starting to learn and to, you know, hear and to see and to smell and to have all your senses be open to that process.
0: Yeah. Cause it really is a total sensory process. And I love what your friend shared that it's more of a why to than a how to that, that really resonates. So something that I'm so curious about is right now, um, you're on a sabbatical in New Zealand after several months of travel from your home of Oakland, California. And I'm so curious to know, as as an artist who's really invested in creating place-based recipes and plant-based dyes, when you encounter a new landscape, um, especially during these strange times, um, how do you create a sense of home through connection to plants? What is that process of coming into conversation? what plant life look like for you
1: yeah i mean there's i think first off it's just getting to know <laughs> what's around and having curiosity about it and being you know being able to have like it's part research of just recognizing a tree and knowing you don't know what that tree is and then starting to find patterns of seeing that tree or you know going to that um learning about what type of leaf it is and, you know, just like those very pragmatic aspects of getting to know, um, you know, the basis of the names of even plants around you. And then, you know, another aspect is, well, once you start to learn about them, <laughs> like, what kind of a relationship can you build with them? And I think that's one of the things that has really nurtured me through this process of working with natural dyes over all these years is just knowing that there's, um, you know, there's, there's often a chance of just really getting to know the plants, whether it's just generally the species or visiting the same tree over and over from season to season and learning about it and just having visibility around them. Um wow. You know, I would say in in New Zealand, which we're very fortunate to be here right now, um, we were in lockdown on a farm just outside about an hour and a half outside of Christchurch and it was a working sheep farm which was pretty amazing to be on for that length of time and it also had coastal trails um, that we were able to go through the paddocks and get down to some really beautiful areas on the edges of the coast and so even recognizing like the seaweeds that would wash ashore and knowing that it was completely different tidal waters and Antarctic waters and even the mineral in the water and the ocean uh, was really interesting to just kind of do some research around and to learn about. Um, And then even to just like firsthand be able to see some sheep getting sheared and knowing there was wool that was just, you know, even as mulch in the garden of the place we were staying at and seeing how the ingredients come together and kind of start to create a language with what's there, which is really always fun when you're working with natural plant based ingredients and, you know, materials and seeing how they come together. And so you start to learn through the process of actually like experiencing. And then you start to, for me, it's always like, once I get to know a plant, it's being able to recognize them and they become like almost like friends because another thing about New Zealand is that there are a lot of plants here on the South Island that also grow in California. And so seeing wild fennel here and recognizing it, or, you know, being able to see yarrow as it grows along like pathways or along the roads, um, there's a familiarity and, you know, seeing, (laughs) seeing those plants that you've gotten to know so well in other contexts in new environments too.
0: That is really such a special experience. And I love what you said about it feeling like you're making friends one practice that i've kind of been tending to each day during lockdown is going on these little witnessing walks Mm -hmm. um where i just go through my neighborhood and just like witness the plants Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. each time my goal is to like okay learn the name of one more one more wild weed or yeah one more you know flower and it does create a sense of friendship and community um which feels so needed right now absolutely
1: and also just learning i mean the more like both on the micro level is getting to know the plants maybe even just the ones in our backyards that we might not know the names of um but getting to know the plants from bigger perspectives it was like even You know, I was surprised to see so much yarrow and just learning the history of like, oh, this is how yarrow ended up in the South Island of New Zealand. But also just getting to recognize all of these very unique plants that are only native to this area of the world in this particular part. I mean, the recognition of um, learning who they are and recognizing like the cultural and creative histories around them is also just like a phenomenal (laughs) eye-opening process to go through. Um, And that's everywhere. I mean, it it has been like a really just blessing of a year in many respects to have uh, gotten to see so many different landscapes and how people work with them and, you know, learning particularly about, um, yeah, just different regions and relationships to the plants that grow there.
0: Can keep you busy. <laughs> how much, how much wonder there is! It's for sure. Totally, which is a good thing to always remember. <laughs> you mm-hmm. don't have to
1: go. It can start in your backyard, and it can span the world. <laughs> just...
0: Exactly, you don't have to go very far to find a lot of no, wonder. So true. So I'm curious to know that you know, as someone who teaches. Um, on plant-based dyes and works a lot with color and textiles and slow food and slow fashion. Do you have any best practices or protocol that you share with your students who are interested in pursuing this work? Yeah, I
1: mean, it it depends on the student and their, (laughs) and and also too, like what uh, their goals are. And I think that's been like a that's been a wonderful thing over the years. Um, I know we share this in common, but I too got a permaculture degree many years ago and I really did it, you know, with, with a perspective of like, how can we work with regenerative aspects, um, you know, collectively and individually. And I think it really does come down to, it depends on what makes something a best practice because it depends on like the person, the community, the relationship, the season, the cycle, like what makes sense. And so, with that in mind, like, you know, with my students too, like whether they're creating a work of art or designing a fashion line that they want to get going and to have some sustainability to it over the long term, is that really just starting small um, and, you know, being aware and working with what you have and trying to understand what makes sense and you know as you see things become successful with every step to add to that and to give back to that even more and it will give back to you and i think that's always the best way to start is just to start small and so like even with plant dying, it's like you know get to know and properly identify what plant you're working with and learn about its, you know, ethnobotanical history and how does it fit into your community? Like, is it a weed, meaning that there's an abundance of it? How can you work with it? And does it make sense for the materials that you're working with or for the message in the storytelling that you want to, you know, that you want to support? And how, in which ways can you, I don't know, just really create a regenerative practice where there's an element of making the system, you know, or nourishing the system and making the system um, even more, (laughs) I don't know, abundant or creative than um, just sustaining it. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I would say, like, that's been really a joy over the last, like, 10 to 12 years of teaching a class that I teach called Soil to Studio is just seeing how many different stories can be told through plants and practices with plants and how many different ways that you can continue to nourish that practice for yourself, like both individually and collectively.
0: I really, really love that. So as I shared at the start of this podcast, one of the reasons that I resonate. With your work so much is that it's just an invitation to really start really grow where you're planted as it were um and it's also just so colorful and vibrant which just speaks to me on a deep level because i'm just a fiend for color i love <laughs> love beautiful color and i'm curious to know how especially right now how your creative practices are being shaped by this moment of massive transformation. Because I know for a lot of us in the Loam community, and Loam really is fundamentally a community of creatives and caregivers and artists and activists, You know what it means to create and to be in conversation with our materials for creativity has really shifted. So what is coming up for you right now? And is there anything in particular you're doing that's continuing to either nurture your creative fire or help you ride out the ebbs and flows of this, of this weird time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've, it is a very weird time. I will give you that. <laughs> um, and I, I would say like in these strange times, <laughs> being able to have this practice has been like truly a blessing because it's a very grounding way to be able to work with what you have um, and the limits of what you might have in many forms. And even, you know, I've been saving our compost as we eat the hundredth meal at home (laughs) and knowing that there's a lot of beautiful colors that can be created from those composts and that can bring joy and creativity to myself, but also to, you know, my children who might want to participate in that process. But, you know, I feel like I just feel really, honestly pretty grateful to have this relationship to ingredients and materials and to ecologies and to, you know, even to the day to day of um, potential of something that might just be overlooked. And I think that's an important, um, yeah, I, I think that's an important beacon of hope in a lot of ways is that even with a weed or just even a peel. Like, you know, recently I worked with some passion fruit peels and just there was literally like a rainbow that came out of like two peels and we enjoyed the passion fruit and had a delicious like passion fruit drink out of it. And those peels like made a whole spectrum. And so that to me is like, just reassurance and it's also like a creative process that I feel very grateful for right now but also grateful to have for this whole life um whatever happens (laughs) you know ups and downs to know that you will always have access to like meaning and materials and to the potential of um yeah of of what can be found just even in the in between or the unseen in our everyday.
0: Mm, Thank you so much for sharing that Sasha and thank you so much for making the time to talk today and to share a little bit about your work for all of our listeners natural palettes is such a gorgeous and juicy read for these times and one that I hope will bring a lot of joy um, as you look out and that makes sense of your own landscape
1: thank you Kate I'm really honored to be on this program with you
0: Yeah. Thanks so much. All right. And I want to thank our podcast editor, Isaac Silk um, and Isaac Silk and Faith Harding for intro music and to you all for listening. Um, I really love being in conversation with you.